Hey guys, welcome to Cold Film Review, the podcast where we discuss the films you love but no one else gets and we see if they still hold up tonight at the end of Mercury's Journey. The dragon shall dance through the hoop of Jupiter and if at that moment a monkey rides a jaguar and a tiger feasts on a nubile, the order of the universe will be such that an evil one will reign supreme over eternity. If only there was someone who could save us. So let's just start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, guys, thanks for joining us this week. Please do us a favor and leave us a review on iTunes. We'll give you a shout-out at the end of the episode. We got one for you this week, so we'll have that at the end of this episode. Also, uh, just make sure that you tell a friend about us. Tell If they like cold films, even if they don't like cold films, fuck them. Tell them. <laughs> fuck them. Not everyone's perfect. Not, yeah. You know, you know what? what? Tell but we can try to make them perfect. Well, you know. We're not recording on our usual night. We're recording on a weekend night, and we've all had a couple of drinks, so it's fuck a, it. Is it a weekend? Nah, is yeah. What, what we, day is this? Friday kind of technically it's is the, the of beginning the of a weekend. Yeah, it's a Friday. It is the preliminary weekend. So yeah. leave us a review, tell a friend, and go to our website, www.coltfilminterview.com. Check out all the cool stuff oh, we have on you. there. Look at you dropping the website. You know, Good job. I like to do that. If you're wondering who's talking, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hello. Chris Willenbrecht. <laughs> What's up? And Michael Salustio. Welcome. Ooh. This week we're talking about Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. It's a trauma film. It was directed by Lloyd Kaufman and Michael Hurds. Came out in 1990. Had a budget of $1.5 million. Actually their highest budgeted movie, I think, still to date. Um, it was filmed in New York and New Jersey. It has a rating of R or PG-13. Mm. Depending on it was released originally in PG thirteen. We'll okay. get into that in a little bit. All right, and it has a Rotten Tomatoes rating of fifty six percent from users. What's the uh, yeah? What's the there rate? is no critics oh, okay. uh, on that, so, so that's just, a zero. Yeah. Critics are like, are you fucking kidding? I thought me? Siskel and Eber did a review on this they, movie. They, they did. I don't think it was posted uh, on there though. No percentage rating. Uh, so if you're not sure what this movie's about, it's about a not so streetwise New York police officer who transforms into the world's most unusual superhero. Basically. Basically. <laughs> what? Right. Basically. Why is All it right. always basically after you give the synopsis? <laughs> yeah. That is the synopsis. It's not, not basically <laughs> that you just gave a fact. <laughs> it's either basically or a pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so this was my pick. Cody, why'd you pick this film? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Kyle. Uh, no, I picked this film because uh, I wanted to go back to Troma. I think we were all trying to pick like, Hardcore cult films, right? Like this month, right, Mike? Are you insinuating that this is not a hardcore? Cult no, film? I am insinuating that this is a hardcore cult film. Good job, Cody. It's the only. Th- it's only the third time we've come back to a trauma film. By yes. the way, yes, yeah. <laughs> I know. I almost so, forgot about Class yeah, of Newcomers. I forgot about them. I, I, and I'm a trauma fan, and I wanted to give you guys something that was uh, like I figured probably the most mainstream trauma film. Out there, which is also one of the most popular trauma films out there, too. Mike takes a deep breath on that one. We will definitely get to that. <laughs> so has anyone not seen this movie before? Or has everyone seen this movie? I've never seen it before. Kyle's never seen it before? I have not seen it before. I'm surprised you've never seen it before, Chris and Mike. Guess what? I have seen this film before. You had seen this before? I had seen this film before. I saw it as a child. I remember almost every goddamn minute of this film. You didn't like it as a kid? We'll get to that. <laughs> well, I mean, what do you mean we'll get to that? We're there. Well, here's the thing. I knew who Sergeant Kabuki Man was because I've watched other trauma films. Yes. And he's made he's many one appearances. Of the, he's one of the more famous uh, characters that came from the trauma universe. Yeah. But I'd never seen this movie start to finish. Yeah, he's been in other movies. Uh, the the Toxic Avenger, uh, Sisson Toxie, he was in, had a big role in that. He did a lot for their like TV channel that they had going on. I think on like public access. The Toxic Crusaders, oh, the they, animated they, show. They I believe were actually he on there. going to make an animated show of this. No, they were going to make an animated show of this, and it, it didn't happen because basically what happened was Michael Hertz and uh, Lloyd Kaufman and the producer of this. It was after 
part one of Toxic Avenger came out. It was a, a huge success. Then they were filming over in Japan for part two. Um, and this was a, an idea Lloyd Kaufman had and I kind of pitched as a joke. And then they got $1.5 million to make it. So yeah, They want, they would love the idea and want to come in as investors. Yeah, because they saw a cartoon series out of it. They saw like a, a, an actual hero. The problem was, was Lloyd wanted to make it a trauma film. They did Duh. not. <laughs> uh, and, and Michael Hertz was actually on their side, too, and wanted a more like kid-friendly, turn it into a cartoon movie. But uh, And there was arguments about this you know, in pre-production and, and actually on, on set and stuff like that. But I think what you get is an actually pretty tame trauma film out of it, in my opinion. So Kabuki Man was never a toxic crusader. That I can remember. Because this would have been around the time that Crusaders was out. You're absolutely right. And I, I, that's why I thought that... I actually used to think that Toxic Crusader was only put out because this movie came out. No. No, it was because of Toxic Avenger. Cool. All right. And it's success. We'll get to that. <laughs> Go on. We're going to get to everything, apparently. <laughs> but no, it is it's probably, I would say, the, the second most famous char- character in, in the Trauma universe besides, you know, Toxic. Where does this film, in your opinion, Cody, how, where does it rank in the Trauma films? Like, if you were to say, number one, this, number two, that. I would say it's it? number two, as far as, like, as far as, because as far as characters go, it's Toxic. Well, I mean, toxic. like, individual films. Individual. Oh, there's films? a ton That's of what I mean. Wait, are yeah. we getting into the rating? No, no, no. no, no. I'm <laughs> just, I'm just getting his. He, he, Cody is resident Traumaville, so I just want to know, in his opinion, if he was to rank the films, where does Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD fall? I would like in the top five. Okay. I would say top five trauma films. Honestly, okay, all right. It is a staple of trauma. It is definitely a staple of trauma. Not only the character, but the, like I said, this is probably one of their. They're probably the second most popular yeah. series. Yeah. Which isn't really a series because it only had one movie. They were supposed that to be def- a sequel. That would definitely not be a series at all. But it's a character- it's a trauma mascot. Yeah. I mean, it, like, I mean, how many more are there really? I mean, Class of Newcomb High. I I guess you could say like the you know the squirrel. Yeah, that's probably like the only other one I could really think of that is a major trauma what about character. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Great film. <laughs> yeah, but who from that movie really went on to be successful as like a toxic well, Avenger? This mo- this, Romeo. This actually... <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it would be Juliet. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. There was a huge argument with that film and this film because they came out the same year. Like, this film was filmed in 1990, but it wasn't released in theaters until 1996. Let's when talk Romeo about Juli- that. Juliet came we'll out. get to that, guys. Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, we'll get to all of these questions <laughs> no, and no, more. I just wanted to say, because I thought this, thought, like the whole time I was watching this movie, I thought this was an early 80s movie. Me too. It's 90. It does not feel like 1990 no, it feels like me. early 80s as fuck. <laughs> no, man, it's 1990. It is. Mm, oh, I know. You, I know. I know what the facts are, but I'm telling you what. <laughs> telling you what the film said. Well, it said 1990 all over it. No, oh, no, it didn't. <laughs> I, I, I did not assume it was 90. I was, I was surprised. To I find thought, that I out. thought it was like 86, 88, something like well, that's that. That's not early 80s. No, yeah. hey, 86 is earlier than 90. <laughs> it's 90s. If you go back and watch television shows that were like on in the 80s to the 90s, like Cheers, or uh, I think like Roseanne was that way too. It was like 89 for Roseanne, if I'm not mistaken. Someone will probably correct me. Uh, but like, if you look at those and you see the switch happen to the nineties, you don't. Yeah, you do. Seinfeld, same thing. Seinfeld no, is eighty nine. There's a there's a there's a clear switch in all of those shows. No, there's, there's not. Yes, there it's is. All, it was all the same shit, bro. It was a year later. Is no, it when there's this- a clear switch in in like the way it's shot, the way like the writing is, all that stuff. There's a clear. It's there fucking, is a clear fucking dividing it's line. It's 2016 and trauma has not changed, or 2017 now. Oh, Jesus Christ, where am I at? The trauma has not changed the way they film. Is it when the <laughs> Simpsons animation stopped looking like a freak show? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Remember the, the old. No. Yeah. No, it still did in ninety. It still did in ninety. Did they? That's like no. yeah. Eighty like uh, late eighties was like the first season. The second season definitely took more of like kind of a polish. What look. I love is that this no. was supposed to be a joke, and uh, you guys got real serious with that shit. <laughs> real fucking serious with it, Mike. We've we've said this time and time again. You're just too dry. You like the, your jokes at the Sahara Desert. You can't throw some water on them. You know what, Kyle? We'll get to that. <laughs> you know what, guys? Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. More or or well, any any at all. <laughs> We'll get to it. <laughs> Ooh, 
chopsticks. It was supposed to use knives and forks. Ex-wife. So a lot of first-time viewings for you guys uh, taking this one. Uh, oddly enough, didn't take place in Tromaville. This one takes place in New York, if you can't tell from the title. I did like the reference. We need to get this stuff to Tromaville, though. Mm-hmm. There's a been one, once in the film. There's No, there's a couple other references yeah. to Tromaville. Yeah, they do. There's like there's like spray painted on a can or some shit. Yeah. There's subtle. A can. <laughs> Well, when can, they, when like the a guy, bun, like garbage can. No, when the guy gets like covered in like wasabi sauce or whatever. That's it says, true. That that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. says Tromasan or yeah. something like that. So the film opens up with a homeless guy uh, saying he's gonna kill you, and then it goes to Yuppie is doing coke out in the open on a fucking Mercedes. Hey, you know what? 1980s, 1990s, Wall Street. Everybody knows what was going on. Yeah, 1980s. Again, another reason why the film felt like the 80s. It did, True. right? <laughs> yeah. That was a very 80s, 80s theme to do in it was. 1990. It was an incredibly 80s thing. One? Yeah. 90. 90? Mm. Yeah, that's called insider trading. Let's do some blow. <laughs> <laughs> and then we we cut up to uh, Red Brandt, who is like the henchman for uh, Stuart, the evil guy. Yes. Um, who's going to be the ultimate evil. And uh, he t- t- starts him with him stabbing some kids. Yes. Right oh yeah. He just bat. he just he just well, shows up and he just it just him with a knife laughing maniacally and a little kid and then you hear a stab sound. And what's yeah. hilarious is like their parents are just banging in the bedroom. Yeah, like <laughs> not watching them with the current Kabuki man. Yes, that was the current. Kabuki he was the man. current one that was supposed to receive the yes. Kabuki powers. Yes. He was supposed to re- go that but night he, to the he theater. He obviously did not learn how to use those Kabuki powers he in ha- the bedroom. He no. did not have the Kabuki <laughs> powers at this time; they were not transferred to him. Well, you know what? That girl was missing out before she died. That's what I was saying. Real missed out. Yeah. Really missed out. She could have had a really good. She she could have really pushed good. out a Kabuki baby. Instead, she got pushed out a window. She got pushed out a window. Yeah, sure did. She got, yeah, Trouble loves to throw people out windows. Yeah, totally. And, then, and that and that same shot. It's always the same shot. That above looking up and they're flipping over the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she gets thrown. Yeah. So the guy who's supposed to be Kabuki man gets stabbed in the gut, which is pretty good. I like that scene. As far as like, it got me a little bit. I was like, oh, that hurts. You start crying. I did. I was like, "That's no, not Kabuki Man." <laughs> I cried. I cried at one moment in this film. When it started? Yeah, the opening credits. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Thanks for stepping all over my joke. Good job. <laughs> you know what? Just know you too well. There you go with that. We'll get back to that, yeah. Cody. And then, <laughs> and then we get to meet our uh, hero, which is Harry Griswold, which is actually named after one of the writers' janitors from high school. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. Was it named after uh, <laughs> National Lamp? Clark no. Griswold. Chris. I kept thinking that the whole <laughs> yeah, time. No, Long lost cousin. And he's just a bumbling cop in New York City who uh, loves himself some sauerkraut dogs. Loves the sauerkraut dogs and loves uh, and gets his dick grabbed by a hooker. This is yep. again another movie where we're in CD New York. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, we're in the CD New York. This is the 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 month of CD New York. Yeah. And then they do hit on a, a on a very important trauma theme, which is basically corporations and yeah. how they fuck with shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where uh, Stuart basically says, you know, it's it's up to to, to the corporations to bring you art and culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and, and that's so I guess was like as much theme as they wanted to put in the movie because that's like the last you but get of it. But it's true. Remember the Ann Gettys thing going on with Target with the babies? No, no. sitting in like uh, pumpkins and melons and. What? What? Wow, you motherfuckers don't know shit about art. How, wait, God, you motherfuckers don't know shit about Target. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, no. <laughs> Ann Gettys. Ann Gettys was, a, was an artist that was super popular, like, like mid-2000s, and she would take she put babies, babies in things. She would put babies into, like, pumpkins and shit and, like, take photographs of them, like, black and white photographs, mm-hmm. and then, like, Target bought them, and, like, they went wildfire, like, you would go into houses and you would see these like big like murals. Oh yeah, I do. you know what I'm talking I, I do. about. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. I do. I do recall that. I was like, I will say. Where this. were you going with that point? Yeah. He said that uh, uh, that uh, corporations bring you art. Oh, okay. Look at that full circle. That's a target. Okay, yeah, nice. Is. Full I circle. Like that. Uh, one of the things that I will say that I enjoy about Troma is how they use their budget, um, and they just will put everything on fucking cardboard. 
<laughs> like funny. all the Japanese like paintings of like the tiger eating the new bile and all that stuff was on cardboard. I don't know if anyone picked up on that. No, I didn't. Yeah, no, I was all I on was, cardboard. I was more or less in a daze looking at my watch. Waiting for the film to end. <laughs> well, how long is this? Two hours. What didn't you like? We'll get Two to hours. That. We're, we're we'll, we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> this film is. Uh, it could have been an hour less. Yeah, I agree. And with by that. that, it could have been a thirty-minute movie, and I would have been happy with that. <laughs> um, it's like a two-hour-long film, though. That's an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, are you sure? Really? Yeah. yeah it it did not feel a, that. It is not man, this that fucking short. film felt long. Yeah. Yeah. It does take a while to actually get to the point where he becomes full-on Kabuki man. Yeah. Like, there's a lot building up to there's that. There's a lot of character development that he needs to go through, like training. Yeah. And that is? being a clown. Well, why don't we why don't we talk about how he actually gets there? What gets okay. in the tr- well, so first off, what happens is that the Kabuki master who does have these powers. Obviously, his his granddaughter is is there. Obviously, Lotus, Lotus, Lotus. a lot of obvious who, things who, in this movie. Who wants to be the Kabuki man? You could tell, but it's, she, cla- it's a classic Ant Man, classic yeah. Ant Man story. Exactly. She can't be the. She can't. But where do you think Marvel got their shit from? Yeah. Is what I've been saying Come on. for years. Everybody we've been knows doing that. This. Everybody knows that. Um. So basically, she wants to be the Kabuki man because the the chosen one has not shown up yet because Rembrandt killed him. For some reason, and I don't even think it's it's fully explained because he's like, I'm supposed to go to dinner with the girl he's interested in, and then he just ends up going to the... He goes to the thing because the the dude at the beginning gets killed. They get one lead, which is the ticket to the Kabuki right. thing, and his captain sends him to the play to see if he can find any evidence. So basically, the bad guys show up. They shoot up the theater. People are applauding because they think, which is hilarious. Yeah, they and think it's the art. The news is like commentating on it, like, "Oh my god, well, the guns are the, so real." That wasn't the news. Did you get that reference? That was the rich and famous. That was the oh, lifestyle rich, rich and famous. famous. Yeah. Okay, I want to say something. Media. That 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 scene made me uh, remember a uh, probably a fake news story that I heard that uh, some people were riding the Matterhorn at Disneyland and that it derailed in the seventies, and when they found the bodies, they were smiling. Because they thought it was part of the Matterhorn. <laughs> they thought that was part of the ride? They thought it was part of well, the that's ride. that's a fake article, right? That is definitely it a fake article. It might have been a real article. No. I don't remember. Well, but all you I'm just derailed is, this conversation with no, that. No, no. It is true, though. When I did theater way back in the days And before. people were shot and killed? No, no. One of the things they used to tell you was not to point the gun at the audience because then it becomes real. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like if you're if you're doing a scene where you're like doing a monologue, like, so just saying, if you want to kill the actor that got your part, just don't point the gun at the audience. No, no. One of the things is just don't point the. If you, it's like breaking the fourth wall. Sure. Say, say to speak. You know what I mean? Like say to speak. Say, say to, to speak. speak it. Say to speak it. <laughs> um, <laughs> And you point it. What the fuck is happening tonight? I don't know. I don't know. You picked Sergeant Kabuki, man. You're I welcome. Feel, I feel like we keep trying to move forward and then just halt. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> made me think about that. I can understand why the people in the audience would have thought that was part of the show, is what I'm okay. trying to say. Which leads to a bunch of great jokes. You get the him opening the peanuts and the lady next to him being upset and then she gets shot in the head. That was a bag of chips, but sure. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. A snack I'm gonna correct Cody this whole episode. Oh, this will be a on great his one. favorite yeah. movie. This is gonna be a great episode. <laughs> and then we, we get our first we get our first dick shot, which was when you know you're really in a trauma film. Somebody gets shot in the dick. Someone gets shot in the dick every time. Yep. Which, by the way, I felt like all the gunshots like actually looked good in this movie because they had a budget in this one. Yeah. That's exactly why mm-hmm. they had a budget in this one. And the acting's good in this one too for a trauma film. It's good before anyone jumps in on this one. We'll get to well, that. Let's it's get good. to the acting because I do have something I want to bring up about that. Yeah, later. go ahead. Chris, no, okay. No. So now, all right. Um, <laughs> what else are we talking about? It's gone all, all over right, the place. All right. So, so, so we brought up like uh, in previous episodes the style of acting that's in Hen and Lauder films, also the right. style of acting that's in John Waters films. Right. Do you see a similarity in trauma films? Absolutely, one hundred percent. But here's the thing: the question I was asking for Basket Case. What, and and specifically uh, John Waters films, John Waters films I know for a fact based on doing even just a, a, a tactile amount of research, the people that were in those films were just kind of like that, mm-hmm. like that they were artists, right? Hen and Lauder, I wasn't so sure. Trauma, absolutely, they're fucking acting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, they're not real people. Like he's like, let's take this guy off the street and maybe he's like fucking, maybe he's crazy and so wacky. Water started before Troma and Hen and Lauder. Do you think that either of those directors were influenced by that? I wouldn't see any reason why they wouldn't be. Okay. Um, I just was thinking that how during much, the- How much so, I have no idea, mm-hmm. but. I definitely yeah. think, yeah, I think that Kaufman had, had was definitely, by, if not Waters, some sort of trash films. Or like Three Stooges. <laughs> that too, because is the, all the characters are wacky and cartoony, but super super violent. Like, it's mm-hmm. usually the M.O. But of then, trauma. like, Waters didn't invent trash film either. No. No, but he's, he's probably the most well-known. I mean, he did. He's the one to take it to the next level, I would say. Hairspray. Hairspray is more commercial one, but I'm just joking. But, I'm just joking. Go on. But I would say he's, he, you know what I mean. He's the one who brought to the forefront, and made it popular. Yeah. I yeah. just want to know if you yeah. felt that there was any influence, like like perhaps these directors were influenced by that style of filmmaking they, I, and I, that I would, style of character. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, Midian Hennelotter is saying we also we also discussed that, and I think it's the same for for probably a lot of these directors is that a lot, all of his characters. Are probably really influenced by the world around him and what he grew up in. So a lot of those yeah. characters he saw day to day on the streets. John Waters, like growing, like you know, <laughs> befriending this 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 group of artists, you know, and like they're kind of out of, out of you know wacky personalities. Lloyd Kaufman and them, they're all from you know the city or Jersey, Jersey and stuff. Jersey, so they yeah, probably Jersey. grew up seeing the same sort of characters. So they'll, so it's like an East Coast like thing. A, it's more yeah. of a. I think I think. Kaufman and then they take it to more of a hyper reality yes. version of it, whereas as Waters and Hennelot are kind of keep more of a realistic and have they're all those characters as wacky and crazy they are they have a realistic feel we'll to e- them. Well, even Street Trash, mm-hmm. for that matter, is yeah. a very East Coast New York, yeah. New York film. Yeah. You don't see a lot. You know what? Now that I think about it, you're right. You don't see a lot of really West Coast trash films. I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'm yeah. sure there are some. Oh, I, maybe like, I, yeah, uh, maybe Russ Myers or something. Um, right. You know, it's that was a, exploitation. It's not a common but, theme that. Right. I mean, because art, art, your your art's always influenced from your surroundings and where you grew up. Yeah. Grow up, you know. Well, you imagine too. I mean, with uh, John Waters in Maryland and and Henlauter in New York, it, it it I don't know if Henlauter did the same thing as uh, John Waters did, where he's like playing his his movie on a two reel. Like not sure. I, I'm like really touring sure. it throughout whatever the East Coast. I imagine it was pretty hard to get a hold of those films at the time that they were of their technical release. Mm-hmm. If you were living in California or something like that. But also, also the difference I feel like with with trauma, especially like in this era of trauma, is that they kind of focused on superheroes. When Yes, I it's, agree. It's, it's a very er- yeah. It's kind of like an early superhero idea. Yeah, and you wonder also another thing I've always wondered about trauma films if if they actually did get some influence off the X Men because can, there is a lot that. of mutation stuff that goes yeah. around. Well, it has to do with toxic waste in New Jersey, and the X Men yeah, probably has more to do with <laughs> environments that no, they no, kind I, of grow I agree, up in. I agree because I, I I used to. What what I'm saying is like X Men did come out before I think Troma did a film, right? What do you mean X Men? The comics? Like they were like came 60, out sixty one, right? Dude. So they absolutely had to way have. fucking before. So I wonder if there was some influence. I'm sure that I mean, just looking at Troma, there's obviously comic book influence yes, to totally. their films, like a hundred percent. I agree, and and I think it well definitely shows to the fact that one of the most popular comic book films that have ever been made to this date. Guardians of the Galaxy is made by James Gunn, who is a trauma fucking yeah alumni. Alumni. Yeah. I mean, he did Tromeo and Juliet. He wrote it. I mean, with Sergeant Kabuki Man too. It's 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 such an uh, just a fucking weird character. Like, who would where would else would that come from? But trauma, as far as like a character. Do we have some history on? Uh, where I don't that know came about from? that. It was a joke. I don't know about that. Came up with. To be perfectly honest, Cody, I'm going to disagree. Um, because like. That concept already existed in the '80s with uh, is it Ninja Three, the possession? Yeah, it's where ghosts. it's where a woman it becomes possessed by you know uh, the spirit of a ninjutsu master or whatever. Maybe I'm incorrect, but was this not based off the Madame Butterfly story? I thought I read that somewhere, or in the credits, it actually says that it is based on it, that it, story. It could absolutely be. I I, I d- didn't do any research. I, I, 
I have no idea what Madam Butterfly is. Here's here's something I will say about the Japanese and American culture that that I actually do love is that if there are any two cultures that love to uh, borrow from each other and are super cool with e- which each one doing that. It's yeah. it's those like if you talk about like American films have really benefited off of like kung fu film. I mean that's Chinese, but like we benefited a lot off of Japanese films. Yeah, Japanese oh, horror and like stuff, all yeah. like even though spaghetti westerns, westerns are technically Italian, hmm. they're also somewhat quintessentially American because they deal with the American West. And if you watch certain animes like Cowboy Bebop, yeah. Purely based in like the American ideal of like lone like. No, yeah, that's more of a that's more of a spaghetti western theme. It is a very spaghetti yeah. western theme, but at the same time, like it is something that's based off American. It's an American what idea. The, what the we, Italians thought the old west was like. Right. Yeah. We 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 like Japanese culture and American culture. We love to borrow off each other. We do. We do it all and the time. And we seem to have I think uh, like Asian no culture in general. Doing it, and we actually consume it. Equally, I feel. Yeah. Like, I imagine if you go to Japan, their love for American themes is the same as our love for Japanese themes, and there's probably a good respect between those two things. I think so. Well, I think if this movie came out in the early 2000s, you would have you would have a different perspective on it, just because of, like, Tokyo Shock and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be in the same realm as that, maybe a little less than that. Like, those are way more over the top of blood and stuff like that, but... Well, yeah, this is more of a comedy first. Yeah, but those movies have a lot of comedy elements mixed with 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 like horror elements in, in, into it too. Yeah, so I can definitely get that vibe from from this movie too. Which I don't know if that was an influence from from the Japanese side or if that somehow influenced the Japanese side. I think side. because I think Toxic that, Avenger was a huge movie yeah, in Japan. Yeah. Huge. I think I think this, I, I think that. this movie definitely is influenced from the Japanese side. Like I, the, the, the influence is. The, the the evidence for influence is there. Well, let me ask this: Is we we talked a little bit about this on Rikio, yeah, um, which is a manga based, right? It was it was based on a manga, yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like this has a lot of those elements to it, like especially with the transformations and the monsters and yeah. all this stuff? Like, it does borrow from like Japanese themes that exist within their. Now that he's talking about like the weird transformations, like the the elaborate transformations. It's not like the Wolfman mm-hmm. that like yeah. you know he grows some hair or whatever. This is like a fucking goddamn balloon coming yeah. out and I transforming think, him in a cocoon. It, I think, like I think a, it does. I think I think it bars it, but it, it's more or less in more of a um, more of a mocking tone, I would say, or more of a uh, co- comedic tone to it. Like not exactly like straight, like a straight. I'm going to take the sermon. I'm going to take elements of this concept. And then add my own kind of humor and style to. Um, anyone have a favorite scene? I want to throw that out there because I want to see what you guys thought was some of the best scenes or maybe the best scene in this movie. Not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> only, only because it reminded me of something. But the the flying scene with all the wires. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it reminded me of the Superman flying scene in the uh, Richard Donner film. Yeah. Uh, except really, really, really poorly done. <laughs> I think that's what it was supposed to remind I, I you of. I absolutely think that, that yeah. they were trying to to, to, to mock, to, mock to some yeah. extent, but um, I I I, I kind of laughed at it. Yeah, I, I think I have a couple of favorite scenes in this movie. Um, for, first and foremost, when when he first, I think they're in Central Park, right. and and the whole fight scene breaks out with the goons, and and you get to kind of see all of his powers that yes. he possesses. I really liked that scene. Um, I love chopsticks coming out. Yeah, yeah, the chopsticks like. The, the sword, the, the oh my god, the that yeah, like the the creativity that they you know on the budget that they had like was was really good in that scene. I also really enjoyed, um, I also really enjoyed the scene at the end when the villain transforms. I thought that was really cool. The fucking dick caterpillar is hilarious yeah, to me. It's I'm just sorry, like so bizarre. Um, and there was one. Sorry, go go ahead. Next person. <laughs> I'll come. I'll come back. I'll come back right. when I remember it. But I mean, I mean, the, the one, I, the one scene I, I appreciated, I would say, was um, towards the end when they're waiting for all of the when the credits rolled. All of the <laughs> no, when when they're waiting for all the 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 things to come in a line for the dragon to go through the thing, the set to dance through Saturn oh, or whatever. Eight. When they went when, when I, the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, 
well, how are they going to do a monkey riding a Jaguar and the fucking monkey is inside of a Jaguar car <laughs> trying to drive it? I'm but, like, oh, I want to say, on top of that, smart I also fucking loved that they realized that they couldn't do a dragon going through a fucking hoop. <laughs> And then they were just like, yeah, see it? And then they had put, like, uh, yeah. uh arrows. You don't see it? Here, I'll arrows. point to it. <laughs> look, look, check it out. It's a constellation. They're going through. You know how it it's is. It's like shitty animation, <laughs> yeah. like, over, just, like, the New York skyline. That, yeah. that was probably the most solid joke. That in the Jaguar. Yeah, the, monkey, the monkey Jaguar made me fucking I thought fucking was hysterical. Sure. That's, yeah. It Dude. just hit me. I know what the other one was. The car chase scene. I loved the car chasing when he's on the unicycle and the car is oh, coming at yeah, him yeah. and then it hits and flips over and explodes and crashes into the fucking like dry cleaning place. Like Which that, is a staple now in trauma films. Yeah, it's been it's used been, a few times. Yeah, it's been, I it, love that scene. No, the whole car chase is like 20 minutes of the film, I feel it's like. A long, it's a long It's one part, of the longest yeah. car chases I've ever fucking seen. I don't really remember much from it, sorry. Well, one thing I love that Troma does is like, <laughs> there's always some extravagant action that's happening in every shot. Like, if somebody gets knocked over, they get knocked over into a pile of shit, you know? Or yeah, or they fly they, through a window. Yeah, they fly through a window, or they, when, they're, when they get hit, they fly over a fence and do a flip. It's, it's always very acrobatic. Or, or get caught on fire, like when the... the yeah, they set a dude on fire in this yeah, movie. Did anyone notice he was wearing a Richard Nixon mask? Because I sure did. No, I didn't. No, I, I did yeah, not no. notice. He's, yeah, it was like a black dude who gets caught on fire, and then you look at his face, like, why is he white? And then you realize, oh my God, it's a Richard Nixon mask. It's, it's a little like late a, for that man. joke, isn't it? <laughs> a little late. 90? I don't know. No, I think it was just a way to hide his face. <laughs> 20 years later. Okay. I don't know. If I was getting set on fire, I wouldn't want a latex mask on my face. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'll tell you that. Obviously, you don't know how to get lit on fire, Chris. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, and the, like uh, favorite characters. Anyone got any favorite characters in this one? Yeah, Lotus was really good. Lotus is really good. I like Lotus. I also like Rembrandt's my favorite. Loved Rembrandt. I loved, um, why can't I think of his name? The main villain. Uh, Stuart. Stuart. I loved Stuart. He was a great villain. I he ha- was. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I'd probably go I with had a real, I, my favorite character, by far, best actor in the film, Monkey Butler. <laughs> Monkey Butler. What was his real name? What was his solid, name? Solid, solid actor. <laughs> How funny was it that the monkey had lines? Yeah. He had lines. He even talked. He was yes. like, give me that fucking popcorn yeah. or whatever the fuck he was eating. <laughs> well, that's I, want to, I want to eat this popcorn. Can I just say it's another thing I loved about this movie, and that might speak on the budget, is all the animals that were used in this film. Yeah. Lions. Uh, not lions. Tigers. Yeah, there was a lion. a lion. There was a lion? There was a lion. lion a jaguar. A jaguar. Uh, like a, a lima. <laughs> A lima, a monkey, lemur, lemur, lemur. lemur. That's lima. right. Well, lima, a baboon, a baboon was in this. There was, yeah, yeah. That was the the monkey oh, butler, yeah, was the baboon, a... actually. Oh, okay. Um, that's it, probably. Maybe a dog. Was there a dog in yeah, this? Yeah, there was a dog. Sure. Maybe in the background somewhere. <laughs> Maybe a cat somewhere in the background. Yeah, yeah. digging in the trash cans in the alleyway. Little stray cat. Stray cat. I don't know. I, there's a lot of characters enjoying this. I love the the police chief, the the stereotypical police chief. Mm-hmm. I w- I wanted more from him. Yeah. I so did I. I did not feel like he was enough of an angry police yes, chief. Yes, really? not, not enough. He I was lo- a nice. He was. He but liked Harry. The, the two jerk cops, which is great. I didn't like those. They, oh, they got annoyed so me. The dude eating funny. the fucking powdered donut the whole time. That's like, a staple. I love that break. guy. That's a trauma staple. Yeah, name. It is, it is I can't remember his name. He passed away just recently, yeah, like two years ago. Right, yeah. It's sad that we don't know his name right yeah, now. We can't think of it. But, but um, yeah, no, he was good. Yeah. Oh, I also love um, the the staple of trauma films, the terrible continuity. Like, for example, when they're talking and the Statue of Liberty is in the background and like every shot, there's like the same people, but in different positions. And then like you would just see you would see as the same person in the background. And then the next wide shot, that person would come walking into frame and across the frame. It's like they didn't even give a shit. You know, they're just like, whatever, we got to get this done. Just fill the background with people. It's funny when you say that, too, because like they got what? Is it 1.5 million? Yep. 1.5 million. You gotta imagine they were like, what the fuck are we gonna do with all this money? Oh, I feel like I know what I know what they did with it. <laughs> yeah. They spent the money they on fucking wires. flipped a car and blew it up. Yeah. They were yeah. like, let's do that. And like drove through I mean, the streets of New York tanks. City. They had fucking tanks in Toxie. Yeah, that's true. Where the fuck is they it? know how to get shit done at they Troma. Do they really do. Sure. They really do. For let's sure. take a break. And when we come back, we'll actually talk more about this movie. <laughs> we'll actually <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that <laughs> I 
Okay. I'm wearing a dress. First I'm kissed by a guy. Now I'm wearing a dress. Fine. Let's talk about some of the technical aspects. I, I like the way Troma shoots stuff. I know that you guys might not the biggest be the biggest fan of it, but You mean the way that somebody shoots a uh Christmas uh family get together? <laughs> that is not true. Oh my not God. even true. I even I'm gonna admit that's a little fucking harsh. I like the way Troma shoot I, I feel They shoot around with their budget. I, yeah, they totally make it work and, and it is corny and sometimes it doesn't always match up correctly, but you accept it for what it is. I, they do a lot of tricks in this movie too. They use this cape a lot to, the, for the flying to hide. They do to hide whatever's propping them up. Yeah, they, for flying. <laughs> uh, you do see the wires in a lot of the flying scenes. They don't do a good job of hiding. But you that, know what? But if you look okay. really close, you can see the wires in Star Wars. So that's true. That's you know true. what? You got a point. Step ahead. Deal yeah. with what you're given. Step you ahead. Really, Ten years later, <laughs> you don't really have to look hard in no. a trauma film, though. But that's part of the charm, I feel like. Is no, it just is. Know, it is. Knowing that it if is. You, let's be honest. If you saw a really polished trauma film. This is a really polished trauma film. This that's is the about thing. As, tra- as polished as it gets. Yeah. Right? But if you saw like a really like, like let's put $200 million into a fucking <laughs> trauma film, you'd be like, what the fuck is this shit? It'd be the yeah. best dick jokes I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I just Solid CG or, or dick the, jokes. Or would it, they be the most expensive dick jokes yeah. you've ever seen? Well, that's not, why they'd be the best. It wouldn't have the charm. I mean, I agree. Maybe you would have gotten like, and I'm not talking shit on this film, but maybe you would. It would have been more of like a slither, you know, like like slither is a polished trauma idea, essentially. Which is idea like better than every trauma film that's ever been come out. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but that's okay. okay. That's okay. Really? Okay, you, that's your opinion. <laughs> we'll get to that later. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> One of the things too that that is ab- abundantly clear in this movie, and it's like I, I, I think this is where most of the budget went was the ADR work. No, you don't think that's where most of the budget went? Hell no! Oh you my know god, what? it's Honestly, everywhere in this movie. Can I just say something? Watching the three trauma films that we've watched, including this one that I've watched again. Um, I can't tell what ADR begins and where it ends anymore. <laughs> I can't yeah. tell. I have no fucking yeah. idea. I don't even pay attention you know, anymore. The idea of ADR is to like sync dialogue up with dialogue that wasn't recorded on set, but they don't give a fuck if the mouth is moving or oh. not. They just throw it right in there. For, for a second there, I thought, I thought Chris was just trying to explain to me what ADR was like I didn't know no, what it was. I'm trying to explain what trauma ADR is. Yeah, it's a very different thing. Different animal. Different very animal. Different, like, di- different beast. We need dialogue here. Who cares if they're not talking? <laughs> well, in this one too, I, I enjoy the special effects in this one a lot more too because you can tell they use that like the transformation scene bet- when he becomes like you know full on Kabuki Man with the cape around him spinning and like his head bleeding the white makeup and which just- may have been shot all in a uh, a kid's balloon house. I- <laughs> May have been shot in one of those bouncy houses. It's actually a pesticide tent that they shot in the side of the house. Yeah, right. Totally. <laughs> Speaking of, of spinning, uh, how about those transitions, guys? <laughs> the the Kabuki Man face coming up into the, the filling 60- the screen and then they- going back. The spinning. The the. I think they even make a joke in the film. They're like, "That was a great dissolve," and it's they like do. right after the yep. like the last scene dissolves into the next scene. They do like the sixties Batman dissolves. Like, yep. like those are probably like my best part of the my favorite part of the film. The dissolves and the transitions, just like the jokes that they make about superhero movies, the self aware conscious, yeah, yeah, about like, yeah, we don't have a budget, like, what are we gonna? But they do have a budget, which is kind of weird. Yeah, well, but well, not a Batman budget. Let's no. be honest, because we know that Batman comes out before this film because Kabuki Man does makes a reference. very clear Batman reference. But I mean, was 1.5 million really a lot in 1989 or 90 it's when they It's not a lot at all compared to Batman. No. <laughs> not even remotely. But I mean, it's the most they've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Well, I do think that they like I, I don't know. I think they had a lot of camera operators on this film and and they did a good job by keeping the scenes moving. I mean, like it wasn't just static shots, like they were actually shots that moved with the action in the film. So, I got to give them credit for that, you know. Probably their best shot movie, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, might from be. what I've seen. I mean, I think we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Maybe he'll get point. to the, the yeah. joke that keeps on I, giving. I think we'll get to that. I'll eventually, I'll eventually find their best shot movie. But no, no, I, I really do. I think it's the, like it's their best shot movie. It may be their best written movie, also. Let me ask this: did did they recycle some old monster creature effects from like a class of Newcomb High for this movie, or was this all no. completely original? I because wouldn't be surprised. I, I feel like I feel like the look of of the villain Stewart at the end kind of made me think class of Newcomb High. No, I don't think it that does. Was it stuff. does get no. It gives you yeah that that caterpillar with yeah. the spikes coming out of it. It gives you a very classic Newcomb High feel, but mm-hmm. I don't think it was recycled. Maybe like the design of it was recycled, but I don't think the or actual maybe even effects like were the props that they used to make that costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm but just, I don't think it was a, it was a like a B roll from that film. Well, I want to look up if they use the same effects artist for all of their films because. Every film does have that same kind of look. Like slimy. That signature. Like, yes, yes. Slimy, grubby. Are you talking specifically about the end guy? The yeah. End yeah. Villain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, the right, ultimate right. evil. I actually. I did like how they cocooned him. I thought that was kind of I thought cool. the, that, and when he comes out, he's got the two heads in the hand, and he yeah. puts them together to yeah, kiss. Yeah, that was like a really like, weird design for a creature. I, I, yeah, cool design, I like in my that. opinion. I, I didn't say it was bad. I just said it was really weird, yeah. and I no, think I'm it was just cool. It was cool. And that's the, the manga reference I was kind of talking about. was like, that's what it made, me, it made me think of Rikio yeah. or something. Yeah, I see that. Can you compare that to the end guy in Rikio yeah. that, that like morphs into some weird fucking puppeteered yeah. creature? <laughs> exactly. No, well, let me ask you this question. Was the it was this was Kooky Man the hero the nineties needed? Because I kind of feel it was the nineties needed. Yeah, it was Kooky Man the over s- Batman? Yeah, <laughs> the no. superhero nineties needed. Yeah, no, I think we're all right. <laughs> I think we're good. I think they were brave in 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 trying to make this a hero. I agree. Um, but you know, was it going to catch on? I don't know. Yeah, but- I don't know how they thought this was going to work with kids. What I do you mean? Wait, like the, the 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 original concept though was this was going to be a superhero movie. It was going to be like ger- towards kids. But they rape a girl in Central Park. That was so. That was not supposed to be. It, like the original cut is PG thirteen. So the kids like it was like I said earlier. It was a big fight on the on the the, the making of this film. Like Lloyd Kaufman wanted to make a traditional trauma movie. Mm-hmm. Michael Hurz and the the producer wanted to make a, like something that they can market and sell. Yeah, they want to go more commercial as as a more commercial film. I think, I don't know, Kaufman definitely won, I think, in that I one. I think he won. Yeah. Yeah. And that aspect and made a, and made a trauma I don't think film. I would have enjoyed this film as much as a PG-13. Trauma just needs to do what trauma does. I agree. Don't get me wrong. I love, uh, I, I, as a kid, I loved Toxic Crusaders. Great cartoon. It was a great cartoon. Um, but that was a very different branch off. The fact that, they, I got to give him credit, like looking back on it now, I got to give him credit for taking those characters that are clearly not kids characters <laughs> and then turning them into actual kids characters. Family kids characters. friendly. Yeah, they were like the fucking Animaniacs for a little bit. <laughs> if the Animags looks like we're in a porno- pornography movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's nuts. I think they accomplished a lot more than a lot of independent filmmakers did. I oh, mean, yeah. as far as how, how far they took it and how they were able to spin it in that direction. Like... I mean, yeah, Toxic Avenger, Class of Newcomb High, like this movie, like they're not kid, they're not kid friendly at all. But but somehow they came across to the general public as kid friendly things, and I think the cartoon had a lot to do with that. Though. And I think it was the comic book superhero vibe yeah. that really pushed it that way. Which is another thing too. It's like it's pretty brave for an independent company to go. We're just going to make our own superheroes, and because obviously superhero movies were a trend. In the 80s and 90s with Superman, the mm-hmm. Donner films, and then you had well, Batman. They were also a trend in the 70s, but... The, but not. But really. on... Not really. Not yeah, they, yeah, they were talking about. No. They were on TV. There was a spider... There was spider, Look, Spider-Man, he's, Incredible Hulk. Um, yeah, he's right, he's right. There was a lot of... There was there was a push during the 70s for Marvel to make those... They, they, that was their first real push, was trying to make... Their superheroes like commercial mm-hmm. didn't work. <laughs> Not till later. Not but till these later. Guys, these but... guys were able to make their own superheroes and then be actually somewhat commercially successful. Also, yeah, and they're just so offbeat compared to what we were normally used to. Like a talk, a guy who was deformed from toxic waste. Yeah, a guy who was basically made out with an old 
Japanese man and became a kabuki <laughs> character. Like, I mean, this is like really offbeat compared to like a Spider Man. But like, really, who hasn't made out with an old Japanese man? <laughs> I and don't. Be, and became and became a superhero afterwards. Well, I mean, that never happened to me. But I mean, it, I won. Like, if it did, I I, I got would to make it. out with an old Japanese man. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, eat worms, you know, or oh it's just a bunch of sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that all about? What they eating worms or sauerkraut? Both. Well, is it, if, everything. If you realize, if you realize through the was Lost Boys influenced by this film, guys. I think that's the real no, question. Lost Boys came out before. Uh, cause, uh, why? Because of the maggots or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. No, when? When? No. Did, when did Lost Boys come out? Before ninety. It was eighty. <laughs> You're right. It's like eighty eight. Isn't something? it weird that I'm still thinking that this fucking movie came out in like seventy eight? <laughs> No, it's not weird because <laughs> it, it, uh, it's true though. I feel like they yeah. used like some really cheap film, like You're that absolutely made right. it that gave it that feel. A mega more more solidly made film like Lost Boys <laughs> looks so much better than this. Lost Boys film is eighty seven. Eighty seven. Oh, so five years before this film came out. Or four. Three. Four. Three. Three? Ninety? You can do math. Yeah, it was ninety. We've said it a bunch yeah, of times. Well, you can yeah. do math. Well, Chris, 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 we'll get back to that. We'll get back to that, Chris. Um Cody, what were we gonna say? I was gonna say let's rate this mammer jammer. I'm ready. And I think we should rate it uh the the fan that he had. Oh, like oh, the yeah, hand yeah. fan? The yeah, the hand, hand fan. fan. Whatever you call that. <laughs> we're gonna rate it hand fans. Yeah. Hand Thank fan. you, Mike, for giving us the term. And let's start with the two most enthusiastic people in here, but we'll start with Kyle first. Um, well, I, uh, I, I gave Class of Newcomb High a one. Well, I can't exactly say that I enjoyed either film more than the other. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will give an extra point or an extra half a point to this film. Um, and the reason behind that is because... Well, I felt like um, Class of Newcomb High was basically a rehashing of a concept and a story that already proved successful for Trauma, which was toxic waste turning somebody into some kind of a mutant thing, blah, 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 whatever toxic waste has been done. This one at least was a, uh, like a new concept, and there was more ambition into it. So for that, I'm going to give it... A half a point, so I'm going to give this one a 1.5. 1.5 hand fans from Kyle. Huge rating. <laughs> Huge rating. Let's up. Next up is Michael Salustio. He's going to give us his 1.5 rating also. Cody, I just want to say something. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on a number of things that you said on this podcast. One, this is one of the most polished trauma films I've ever seen. Two, I have to say that this film is far and above probably the best trauma film I've ever seen. Um, it actually has a plot, which is a plus. Um, it utilizes its $1.5 million budget in a very uh, uh, artistic way. I think you may have changed my mind on trauma films. Ooh, this is not going the way I thought it'd go. Ye- I know, you're right. Good for you. And for that, I'm going to give this a one. <laughs> it really surprised me. It really it really made me look at trauma films in a different light. <laughs> that they can be better than half a half a star. <laughs> so thank you very much, Cody. I'm a new man. One star. <laughs> Chris, you're next. Sergeant Kamuki, man. All right, I um, I had fun with this movie. I mean, it, it I I agree that it did kind of start off a little slow, but um, once I really sat down and just fucking turned everything else off around me and wasn't distracted, I I focused on the film, and I do like the jokes. I like the fact that they got a little bit more of a budget for this one. Um. It still had the same trauma fashion and style to it, with just a little bit more, uh, like bigger action, I guess. Um, I won't say it's as memorable as like a Toxic Avenger um, or even really a class of Newcomb High, but I think everybody did a pretty good job. I'm glad Lloyd 
Kaufman sort of got his way on this one and, and kept it in the trauma universe, even though it didn't take place in Tromaville. And there, you know, it, it, it had a little bit more going on with the plot and the story and all this stuff. I thought the writing was pretty good. Um, I'm going to give this a 3.5. I, I like this movie. I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, I don't know what I gave the other ones, but um, I would buy this movie and add to the collection. I will go next. That's 3.5 uh, hand fans for Chris. I will go, <laughs> I will go next. Uh, I will actually give this a uh, four. Um, I, I really like this movie a lot. I have a lot of fun with this. I, it is the most polished trauma film in every aspect. I think that there is, uh, for the films. I think that does hurt it a little bit actually. Um, for a lot of people who are viewing it cause they, they're expecting maybe a trashier film than what they get. Um, I like it because it's not as trashy and it gives you, uh, a, a look at the, the potential of a filmmaker that Lloyd Kaufman could be if he went the serious route or if he decided to go that route. Um, and I think it's, this film's just fucking hilarious, dude. This film is funny. Um, some people will get it. Some people won't. And that's, that's, that's okay. You know, we all can't be winners. Is it though? We all can't be winners, Mike. It depends on your sense of humor and what you like. You know, um, I, I look at this as like, uh, like watching a violent episode, like a really violent episode where they actually show blood and guts of Looney Tunes. Um, that's what I kind of equal trauma films too, is like a dirty, violent version of Looney Tunes. And if you kind of take your brain out and just take it as that and enjoy it for what it is, you know, these, these films are fun. So I'm going to give it four. All right, guys, that's our show for this week. Thanks for joining us. So we did get uh, another review. I got to give a shout out to, uh, was it Boosh Moose 27? It's one of the better podcasts out there. He said, the guys are great. They have some good input. The format also works very well. They always talk about some of my favorite films. Always worth a listen. Check them out. Thank you, Boosh Moose 27 for that uh, review. Uh, again, if you guys fill out a review for us, we will give you a shout out. Give us five stars. He's a, he's a, some people will say he's an angel. That was generous. Yeah. I will say to he's call an him angel. an angel or to give the review. Yes. <laughs> yes to everything. <laughs> Also, you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Cold Film Review. Just look that up. You can follow us on Instagram at Cold Film underscore Review. Also on Twitter at Cold Film underscore Review. You can follow Kyle. At- you can follow me on. I dude, that threw me <laughs> off. Good God! You I can follow it. me on Instagram at Cold Film underscore Kyle, and you can follow Chris. At- on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Chris. You can follow Mike at Kabuki. You can tweet me. Tweet me at, at Mike Salustio on Twitter. Oh, he <laughs> fucking remembered what his <laughs> handle was. I almost forgot. He was getting there. And you guys can it. follow me on Instagram at cult. Nope. What am I? Nope. nope. I'm at VHS Collect. That's the fuck I'm at. <laughs> well, this has been a nightmare of a show. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Before we do that. Just remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure they watch good movies.